people. And I tell you what, I believe it's verse 3, but who cares? And by the way, when I quote verses, I have to be honest with you, it's very hard for me to memorize scripture. Um, but I remember it, <laughs> that makes sense. If someone says memorize this, I can't. My daughter can memorize stuff way better than I can. My wife can. She, can, she has a, a chapters memorized. I, I have a hard time memorizing, but I just remember stuff. And, uh, but I think it's Psalm 22, 3, where he's enthroned. He inhabits the praise of his people, oh, oh God. Well, where we're heading today is, is uh, 1 Peter is a really rich book, very practical. And, uh, but the key to it all, the key to laying a hold of all of this is to really get the Word of God in our hearts. And I'm going to pray right now, God ruined me. And you say, and I am so glad He did. Because I, I was, uh, and what I'm saying next, I'm not saying you can't be a scientist or you can't be an engineer or you can't be a physics major and be a Christian. No, you surely can. Um, but that's, that's the road I was heading and it was heady stuff in a sense. Um, it was. You know, I won't go into that part, but some of it can be heady stuff. But then God got a hold of me by His Holy Spirit, and I was consumed with the Word of God. He, I, I was just hungry for it. And uh, just every day, and, and my lab books that you use for chemistry or physics, you know, where you write all your stuff down and for your experiments that you hand into your instructor, I, I purchased tons of those babies. And I just filled them with scripture because I was hungry for it. Obviously, my grades went down. <laughs> but who cares? Because Jesus is king of kings and his word is living and active and powerful. But God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would come upon everyone here. And for myself, oh God, that we would hunger, that we would thirst after your word, oh Father. You promised by your Holy Spirit, you promised in the new covenant that you would take your word and you'd write it in, you'd right in our hearts and minds, oh God, Amen. that our every motive, our every thinking, the way we think, would be in accordance to your word. Do that, God, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we're going to, you know, again, we've already established that you guys are better at turning to different pages in the places in the Bible than uh, the real young generation. And so we have two portions of Scripture here today, and the first is in 1 Peter 1.22, and then, but also we're going to be going to Romans chapter 6. That's going to be an illustration of how we get God's Word in us. But you see right here, and just for the sake of time, I, I won't read this list, but we were called, we were chosen, not just for a place, and that's so many people kind of get screwed up in their thinking and go this way and that, that above all, this is about a place. We're chosen for a place, and I got chosen and you didn't. You know, sucks to be you. We were chosen for a purpose, for a purpose, and it's an amazing purpose. Yes, we'll live with Him in eternity. We're going to reign with Him in eternity, but we we're chosen for a purpose, and First Peter hits that purpose over and over and over one of them is marriage. We'll see that, and uh, if I'm still here while we get into that part, it's the very beginning of 
1 Peter chapter 3, boy, I tell you what, but how to even, that, that marriage, and it, this is rich, it is rich stuff in those verses there, but how, how do you live it out? It's by the word of God, and if you don't have that written in your hearts and minds, you won't do it, I'll just say that right now. But the key to all of this is drinking deeply, to, to long for God's word, to drink deeply, as it will say in the verses we're going to read of the pure milk of the word. And so let's go ahead and read right here of 1 Peter chapter 1 through verse 5. And I'm doing the New American Standard, and why? I have no idea. Because there's some other really good translations out there also. Okay? But it says, since you have in obedience to the truth, we're noticing right away that the Word of God is the truth. It is the ultimate reality. The Word of God, I don't care what you're facing. I don't care what the circumstances are. The Word of God is more real than anything you're facing. It may not feel like it. It may not look like it. But the Word of God is truth. Jesus is the truth. The ultimate reality. It goes on to say, purify, if you, you, as in obedience to the truth, you purified your souls for sincere love of the brethren. This word of God can purify our souls. It can result. That's how love grows as we grow into God's word. Fervently love one another from the heart. For you've been born again. What really, where we're born again in our life transforms and becomes what everything God intended is by the seed of his word. You've been born again, not of a seed which is perishable, but imperishable. And that's what we'll see in this next point, if you're filling out some of the blanks already, is that the Word of God is imperishable. It endures forever. And something that I, I like saying, and I had a little note like that in the bulletin, is you may face facts, and that's what Satan does. Satan, will he'll point at the facts. But facts and truth are not the same thing. Facts change. The truth never changes. The truth is eternal, and the truth prevails over the facts. We saw last week in God's Word where Sennacherib, as he invaded Israel, or actually Judah, he, was, he, he, he quoted the facts. The facts were that not one nation had been able to stop him. The facts were that not one God of these nations had been able to stop him. But the truth is, our God is the Holy One. Amen? He's the one. There's an infinite separation between Him and so-called gods. He, the truth is, He reigns over everything. Amen? Amen? Satan will point at facts all the time. Don't deny the facts. The Bible says, is there any sick among you? If the fact is you're sick, is there any sick among you? Come to the elders of the church because the truth is, God's a healer. Amen. Amen? But anyway, you can read the rest about that point there, but let's, let's keep on going. It goes on to say right here, it endured the word of the Lord. I love that expression. Ooh, we can just camp out there for a bit. It endures forever. We, we, I skipped some verses that show how there's these temporary things like facts, but the word of the Lord endures forever. This is the word which we preach to you. And whoever preaches, whoever teaches, needs to make sure we're preaching the really the word of God, the living word of God. Therefore, putting aside all malice 
and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander like newborn babies long for the pure milk of the word so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. This tells you something right away. That the salvation that God has for us is not simply a thing, well, I've totally arrived, you know, I'm forgiven, I'm going to heaven. Ooh, the salvation is so big. The dimensions are so vast. Amen? That the more you know the Word of God, the more you can begin to enter into this. I don't care how old you are. Ooh, it's just an opportunity to experience more and more this so great salvation that he has for us and to proclaim it to the people around us. I tell you, it's by the word that we grow and experience the fullness of all that God has for every one of us. If, verse 3, you've tasted of the kindness of the Lord, it's in the word that we can actually taste something that satisfies us and fills us more than anything else there is. We taste the kindness of the Lord. goes on to say in verse 4, and, and coming to him as a living stone, it's by the word of God that we really come to Jesus. It says in John chapter 5, where people went a little bit over with the word of God, they began to idolize that above God. And Jesus said, you search the scriptures because in them you think you have life, but they speak about me. They speak about me. Come to me. The goal isn't just simply to know God's word so we know God's word. The goal is to know God's word that we come to him. You agree with that? And that's what we're doing. Every time we come to God in his word, I'm going to throw something out ahead of time. You know, in the Greek or Hebrew, it might say it in the English, in the Greek or Hebrew, it does not promise blessings to those who read God's word. You say, well, it says in Revelation, blessed are those who read. The word there in the Greek is a word that means more like meditate. It's one thing to read it, you know, like I'm going to read the Bible through in a year, and, and I'm two days behind, yum, 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 hope you're happy, God, yum, yum, you know, I checked it off. There's no blessing in just reading it. There's a blessing in going slow and saying, Jesus, this is your word. You're the one who breathed it in the first place. Breathe upon me. I want to hear from you. Amen? We were to come to him. They came to him, and coming to him as a living stone, which has been rejected to men, but as is choice and precious in the sight of God. You also, as we're getting into God's word, you're living stones and are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood. Just one other comment here. The Bible calls us temples. Temples of the Holy Spirit, temples of God. He said, well, yeah, he lives inside us. He's saying more than that. In the Jewish mind, and I think I have in your notes, a temple, the temple was a place where heaven came to earth. It was like a portal, in a sense. You want to meet God? You need to lay a hold of something from heaven. We are to be people where heaven comes to earth through us. The world needs it. Amen? The world needs it. 
But one, one of the keys, we've got to be spirit-filled. I, I didn't really like the title, the key. I, I'd say a key. But our huge key is the more as we're filled with his word and we let Jesus speak to us, we come before him, we can become that place where heaven can come to earth wherever we're at in different situations. Well, uh, there's uh, some other verses that speak about this, the richness of God's Word. And we could have gone on and on and on. But the Word, when you really get into it and meditate, it performs a work in you. There's the verse there. We will, for sake of time, we'll just look at that verse, okay? Say okay. You are such a neat people, by the way. I thank God for you. I really thank God for you. I thank God for you. But the Word of God makes us free. Free from what? Not just the, the schemes of the enemy, but the habits that we hate, that we keep on doing. From depression to hopelessness, despair, bitterness, anger. Circumstances, when you really know God's word, it really makes you free. There's no need to worry. There's no need at all to be jealous or envious of anyone. Instead, you rejoice when someone else is blessed. And instead of thinking, why, well, in a sense, you know, so many people have a poverty mentality. You're God blessed you, therefore, no blessings for me. Ooh, whenever we see someone else blessed, praise God. That's the way our God is. Amen? Praise God he's blessed you like that. I rejoice. That's what our God is. And he has blessings for me too. He has blessings for you. It blesses those who daily meditate in it. And we see, uh, boy, he, he talks about, he says a person who meditates day and night and that's how God ruined me. I just do it. I, and it's not because of me. The Bible says in, in Romans chapter 8, the flesh self is hostile to God. It doesn't want to come near him. He ruined me. He did. I, but I say, thank, ruin me some more, God. Ruin me some more. Uh, but we see in Joshua 1 where God's speaking to Joshua. You know, Joshua begins out with this, you know, in the year that Moses died or whatever, when Moses died, God said to Joshua, Moses died, you know. What? You've been looking to him. But now look to me. You're the one who's going to do it now. But here's how it's going to do it. Here's how it happens. You know, as we said before, Moses did not perform one miracle. All he did was do what God said to do, hold out the staff, say this, do th he just did strike the rock. Now, I didn't say strike it twice. In fact, I died last second time, I just said speak to the rock, you know. But he, he's saying now, if you just get into my word and all she listen to me, he says you'll be prosperous. Now, our thinking is, is well, that means I'll be rich. The word, that word there in the Hebrew, it, it's a word that initially meant you're going to break through no matter what you face. It's breakthrough. 
You get into God's word, you will break through everything that the enemy would use, the world would throw at you, you'll break through. And you'll be successful. That, that word success has to do with wisdom. You'll know what to do. How many know knowing what to do in a tough situation, that's what separates those who make big bucks and those who don't? You pay people in proportion to what they know what to do. Rumor has it that, uh, history has it, that Henry Ford had a problem with his factory, and I think it was Edison. He called, you know, come here, I, I got some problems, it's not working there. He just walked through for a few minutes. Oh, this is it. Flipped a certain switch or changed the wiring or something. And they charged him this huge bill. Henry Ford said, for 15 minutes I'm paying you that much? He goes, I knew what to do. <laughs> but you want to prevail? You want to succeed in God's word? You'll know what to do. Amen? Now I'll just say this. You can tell a person who daily meditates in God's word and the word's gotten into them. They sound different. Instead of moaning and groaning, complaining and bitterness and envy and all that stuff, they sound different. Some scientists were wondering why the Stradivarius violin sounded so much richer than any other violin. And there was speculation, the, the F cutting or hole, those are those little things that are like this, I don't know, shows you how much I know about them. They're, they're, they're longer in the Stradivarius violin than most violins. Is that the reason? Apparently the backs are flatter. Is that the reason? But one time when they're doing some restoration, there was a few little slivers of wood, and, and some scientists said, can you give us those slivers? Because they're going to be thrown in the trap. Just slivers, because they're doing restoring work on the violin. And someone suspected something. And they did a chemical analysis of the wood, and it had been soaked in something. It had been soaked in borax. It had been soaked in uh, some iron salts, some fluoride, some chromium. And then they did an experiment where they soaked some wood in the same stuff. And they go, ooh, that sounds different. The reason that he soaked the wood was not to make it have a richer sound. They had a problem with wormholes. But he sought something that would protect the wood from worms. But it so happened did something, it changed the wood in a sense, where it had a richer sound. Those that soak in God's word have a richer sound. The second conclusion they came to why the Stradivarius violin Sounds so much better than other violins was, guess who plays Stradivarius violins? <laughs> the masters. When you get in God's word, and the word gets in your heart and mind, guess who plays your life? Guess who writes your story? Amen? Amen? The word, when you get it in you, you place yourself in the hands of the master. And you say, play a song that the world can hear how great you are. Amen.
we need to pray right now? Or? Father, we bring this before you as your king and Lord of all. So someone, we'll see if we make a call, but but God, we come before you as your king and Lord of all. We bring this whole situation in your hands. Amen. God, your great grace be upon Mickey. She knows you. Amen. So many of us. And to pray. Let's all pray. Jesus, you're the king. Amen. Amen. Jesus, we shut the door to the enemy. We recognize there's physical things, but there's also an enemy. We shut the door to that. As Mickey submitted to you, she belongs to you, Christ Jesus, her body belongs to you. And as she does, Jesus, you have a right, the enemy does not. We say, Mickey, the grace of the Lord be upon you in the name of Christ Jesus. Okay, paramedics are here. But again, Jesus, we bring Mickey before you and pray for your great grace. I thank you, your grace not only forgives, it heals.